The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Elbrick, codenamed Death Probe. At ease, DJ Christatos, and to all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, welcome back to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Do Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Christados and I are going to rotate in a new special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is Joe Thomas, codename musical genius Joe November. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you, fellas. Thank you for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. You know, people love the intro and outro music the show mm-hmm. in particular <laughs> that was all joe and his uh, amazing talents it's nice to have you on as a guest yes sir yeah glad to be here joe on joe action usually got to pay extra for that <laughs> <laughs> it costs you extra flight points <laughs> with that hot joe on joe action well now's the part of the show where we debrief our new recruit joe here joe what is your origin story with G.I. Joe. How did you discover G.I. Joe? Most people come in either through cartoons, comics, or figures. What was your route? Definitely the cartoons. Grew up in the 80s. You know, I remember watching the first G.I. Joe cartoon season. What was it like 83? Something like that. Yeah. It wasn't until later that, you know, I started getting the action figures. You know, I'd heard of the, the older Joe, actually the 12-inch uh, action figures, but I never really played with them or saw them until they had the smaller ones. But uh, yeah, it was definitely the show that was what ruled my psyche as far as what G.I. Joe was, what it stood for, and all the code names and how cool it was. And it wasn't until later that I got into the comics a little bit, but definitely the cartoons. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, everybody ran home from school. It's funny you mentioned that. I wasn't familiar with the 12-inch Joe series either, Joe, until later. You know, I was I was probably... She's 14 or 15 or something like that before my dad was finally like, you know, there was big ones. <laughs> you know? Now, Pat, you're a little older than both of us. Were you aware mm-hmm. of the 12-inch Joe or? Yes and no, I guess. I don't think it really interested me at the time, you know, too big of a figure. Mm. But just like Joe and the cartoon and the comics were out, man, that was into it. I was making sure I was watching it all the time. And like when they did the five episode miniseries yes and that was like must watch yes the mass device was that the yes. first one yeah. yeah yeah i remember like i remember like i came through it late like kids at school were talking about it and i was like what there, there's a cartoon what mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like little john what <laughs> okay okay yeah <laughs> man i was like i was like wait wait, wait what channel is this on what, what, what does it come on <laughs> You know, at first I thought it was like, I got to catch it Saturday morning, but it was like an after school thing. Everybody, at least in my neck of the woods, it was like, came on after school. <laughs> Weird. But anyways, it's not my origin story. This is Joe November's origin story. Now, Joe, the toughest part of the show. Need you to pick three favorite characters, be they Joe's or Cobra's. Narrow it down to three. Good luck with that. Not a problem. 
The first one is Firefly, and it's only because <laughs> there's a nice little story that goes with that. So I had the Firefly action figure, and for some reason I decided like I was drawing at my desk, and I left him laying on top of my lamp. <laughs> you, <laughs> you heard this me story. Yes, I'll, I'll this. Let me shut up and let you tell it. <laughs> and so I left it on all night, and then I pull it up the next morning. And his back and his butt had sunken in together because I had laid him right across the light bulb. And he's no longer Firefly. He was sunken butt. Uh, <laughs> sunken butt. So he he was one of my favorites. I was disappointed that I melted him, but uh, always liked the gray camouflage. Another character, and this is from that the G.I. Joe movie when, when it was a five-part series, I love Big Lob. I love the fact that they were able to get a character that's, you know, sports related into the G.I. Joe canon. Never owned the figure, but just loved his character from the I don't know that they ever made a figure of Big Lob. I looked on the internet and I saw some figures, but I don't know if that was like later or what. Maybe. I remember thinking when the movie came out, like, where is this figure? Yeah. But anyway, Big Lob, that's the other one. And the third one, third favorite was Zartan, merely because he would change colors. The action figure would change cool, colors. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing. Oh, you yeah. know. This just in, by the way, I found Big Lob did get a figure exclusively through the G.I. Joe Collectors Club. Mm. So it is out and about. And it looks good, too. I'm looking at it right now. It, they captured it. They definitely did. Nice. But cool. Yeah. All right. Zartan and Firefly, Big Lob, and Sunken Butts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad, Joe. I had a Boba Fett that I was playing around the grill outside. And, you know, it's got the dome on the grill, a little Weber grill. So I would put my guy on it, Boba Fett on it. And now Boba Fett didn't have any feet any left because of Boba Fett's feet melted. <laughs> he was defeated. Oh, <laughs> defeated. <laughs> and he was in the one with the missile launched and all that. And No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So you put him on the grill while the grill was in use. This is what I've learned. Yeah, you know, I was playing around. It was a nice spaceship kind of a thing. And Oh, man. All right. If you've got sad and tragic tales of what happened to your action figures, give us a call and leave it on our voicemail at 707-532-LBOX. That's 707-532-5269. And with that, I'm going to pass it over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. <laughs> Now it's time for this mission, and we will be covering comic title G.I. Joe number 28. <laughs> You're Rod Burgundy, me. You read every word. <laughs> I know. Publisher was Devil's Due. Got a cover date of March 2004. The writer was Brandon Jerwa. Penciler is Tim Seeley. Inker, Corey Hampshire. And colorist is Brett R. Smith. Letterer is Dreamer Designs. Cover art goes to Tim Seeley, Andrew Papoy, and Val Staples. And speaking of the cover, Death Pro, please take us through the cover description. You got it. Take cover! This cover features new Joe Barrel Roll, or possibly a Raptor Viper, depending on your point of view. <laughs> Since they never made a Raptor Viper figure, but they did make a Barrel Roll figure, but he was part of the Spy Troops line, so he could disguise himself as a raptor viper. You know what? <laughs> it's barrel roll. We're going to say it's barrel roll. 
He's flying high above Cobra Island using an air assault pack. Back to you. All right. Well, let's find out what we think of this cover. And we'll start with Joe. So when I first saw the cover, I didn't know who that was. Had no clue who this person was. And it turned out there was a reason for it. <laughs> he's he's a new Joe. <laughs> Literally. It's definitely a very action-oriented snapshot of what he's doing. You know, he's coming at you. He's coming at the viewer. He's thrusting his payload right into your face. <laughs> and he's about to do some damage. Very colorful. I love the artwork. Sets it off for a very adventurous comic. Jarrett, what's your thoughts? My first thought is um, Joe hasn't used our inside joke of thrusting the payload in many years. And it's just nice, <laughs> nice to hear it again. It's a term that one of our instructors used when we were at Com Officer uh, yep. in, in the Air Force. <laughs> and uh, we giggled like children. Anyways, uh, this cover is kind of remarkable to me, Pat. And that just like Joe, like when I picked it up, again, it's been 20 years since we've read these things live. When I picked it up, I was like, who is that? I didn't remember. I was like, I don't remember who that guy was. And I, and I was like, is it Cobra? Is it I didn't know either. So, yeah. But I, well, I tell you what else, though, as I went, this is really, really well drawn. Clean lines. Real sharp drawing. And the colors are fantastic. Yeah. Going through my head, I was like, is that, is that Firefly with a jetpack? You know, it was like, I just didn't know. But I was like, it's just super well drawn. So... In the end, I think it's a great cover. I think it's highly dynamic and even memorable from the art standpoint, even though I didn't remember who the character was. And I got to say, the character has a very cool design and it's well executed. So a lot of things went through my head when I saw this cover uh, as I prepped for this episode. But what about you, Pat? What went through your head when you saw it? I, too, didn't know who the character was on here. So I just thought, oh, it's a pretty cool looking character. I didn't know if it was a Joe or a Cobra character as well, too. I like how they have the jetpack jet kind of just kind of sweeping all the way down from coming out from that little, I don't know, hangar bay area on that side of that cliff there and just kind of swooping up at you like that uh, really makes it look sharp to me. And like you said, the line work and the coloring just really make this one pop. Yeah, one thing that I find a little weird about it is I mean, once you read the story, you kind of realize, oh, this is a Raptor Viper, and it's more than likely Barrel Roll taking over the role of a Raptor Viper, right? Mm -hmm. But what's weird is this is a G.I. Joe symbol on the missile that's launching. And I'm like, isn't this the, this is a Cobra jet? Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> jet back. But I can explain that because uh, oftentimes in the military, the the weapons loaders will write the name of their target on the weaponry. So maybe they wrote G.I. Joe as the name of the target on, oh, on their weaponry. Okay. It's so, there's so many layers to this cover. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's interesting, I, I think so, but a very well-drawn cover. And with that, why don't we find out how we will rate this cover on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points, 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's a perfect picture, and you should make it a recruiting poster out of it for, you know, the barrel roll jetpack fighting team. Would you want to join them looking this cool and sharp? <laughs> I definitely would. <laughs> yeah. Let's find out, Joe. Would you want to be on the barrel roll team? I would like to know more about this barrel roll team. And uh, <laughs> I give this one, since I have the authority and the autonomy, a nine and a half. Oh. Ooh, Joe pulling out, <laughs> Joe pulling out his own card right now. <laughs> 
I'm so excited right now. I'm so excited. Remember if Joe's of the show were allowed to use the point five rules. Boy, I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Can we all do the the half now that Joe's here? Does it make it like if Joe's on the show or halfsies are open to everybody? (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) As long as he's the guest. Okay. Well, then, you know what? I'm going to go nine and a half with him, too, just because I want to be like Joe. <laughs> I, I like it because uh, the clean lines, the sweet coloring that's done on here. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to I'm going to go one step further and give it a nine point four. Whoa, whoa, Jericho, whoa. Oh, one step too far. My bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> half sieves. No, I'm totally going in on the Joe November nine point five. Joe's right. got to be the most mentioned person on all of our podcasts because every time score comes up it's always somebody always says well if joe november here <laughs> on every episode someone says that it's usually me but somebody says it that's hilarious <laughs> now, you are the most mentioned person on the long box you say that work but 9.5 from all of us then pat very cool and with the cover out of the way let's go back to death probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief as you guys all know on G.I. Joe Chronicles, we mix it up. I have DJ Cristados pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Is it going to be Joe or Cobra this episode, Pat? It will be Cobra. Here we go. Cobra okay, the bad news first. Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow have returned, and with the return of our leader, Destro has stepped down. And not just from Cobra leadership, Destro has decided to leave Cobra altogether. And just to make things more interesting, the Baroness did not leave with him. Our spies tell us that the Joes have added some new recruits to their roster to include Hacker, Depth Charge, Mayday, Barrel Roll, Verona, and Mariner. In fact, the Joes took those new recruits along with Torpedo and Flint on a probing mission of Cobra Island. Don't giggle with that joke. Luckily for us, Copperhead and his troops were able to route the Joes, and we totally didn't get our ranks infiltrated by Barrel Roll. <laughs> and more good news. We placed a bomb at a TV station where Hawk and Lady J were doing interviews and killed them both. Final note. Looks like unrest in Sierra Gordo is back on the table, but we have conflicting reports on who's controlling that, so more to come. Now, back to G.I. Joe. All right. Guys, it's time for our highs and lows on the issue. So, round one, high or low for you, Joe? Which one are you going to go with, and what's it going to be? I'm going to go with high. But what, But I'm going with high just because it tickled me so much, and it didn't deserve to make me laugh so much. When it talked about the South American nation of Sierra Gordo and all the upheaval and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, Sierra Gordo, Fat Mountain? I think is that that's what correct. That, yeah. <laughs> so there's a nation called Fat Mountain. Okay. All right. All right. So they're going through some stuff. But then they get attacked by Sierra Muerte, Death Mountain. Death Mountain. So I'm like, Death Mountain attacked Fat Mountain. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. <laughs> I can dig that. That's what I remember the most about this comic is just that <laughs> particular piece right there. I that was the, the high for me. <laughs> I did the same thing, Joe. I was like, Death <laughs> Okay. I got to tell you, if I don't know anything else, and I'm just looking at the lobby card, and it says tonight only Fat Mountain versus Death Mountain, I got to think Death Mountain's going to win. I think so, too. Unless it's a rap battle, then Fat Mountain oh, yeah. might, might be the champion. 
<laughs> Might make him a run for his money. But, uh... Oh, Pat, I got Team Fat Mountain or Death. I'm just kidding. It's your turn. For <laughs> I think I'd be on Team Death Mountain. Death Mountain does sound yeah. cooler. That sounds cooler than the Fat Mountain. But I, I never really put that together. I always just thought of it as you know that that country that was always in the GI Joe comic books. I never, <laughs> I never put the names in so that's really funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go with the artwork in here just right away reading this through the artwork was amazing in this one i really liked oh, yeah. it enjoyed it how the layouts were done very cool and with the artwork just that one whole page spread of cobra commander and storm shadow oh, yeah. cobra commander looking all baller in that red and that great man that really pops i think that's cool Definitely, definitely. That drawing caught my eye too, and I and I actually thought to myself, I was like, "Man, Celia is really, really fine in the stride at this mm-hmm. point. He's yeah. he's got a grip on all these characters. Absolutely definitely. agree. Absolutely agree. You know what? From my high, surprising myself because I believe at this point, Devils do find themselves in the same predicament that Larry found himself in Joe in the eighties. The figures are back on the market at this point and doing well. Like I said, Spy Troops mm. line is now coming out. So you can kind of tell that Hasbro was like, hey, get our new characters in your book, right? So they introduced oh. a handful of new characters in the book. And normally when that happens, I'm always, I'm, I'm like the salty old guy. I'm like, ugh, new characters, boo. Hacker, you suck. Depth Charge, you suck. <laughs> Mayday <laughs> suck. I kind of like Verona because she's been around actually for a while as a member of yeah. the Cover Guard. She's been around Dana, since the yeah. 80s. Yeah, Mariner. I don't know. What's with the Zumba pants, bro? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then there's Barrel Roll, who I think has a dumb specialty, high-altitude sniper. Because what does that mean? (laughs) Are they trying to say he's a good shot even when he's wearing a jetpack? Because that's incredibly, incredibly (laughs) difficult. But even though I'm not so sure about that, I really like the way they got used in the issue. Quick page, introduce them all, and then they put them all on a little mission. And especially barrel roll, like they found a way to make him interesting right off the bat because he's the inside man mm-hmm. now, you know. So now you're very focused and intrigued on what's going to happen next with barrel roll. He's taking a lot of danger upon himself, and uh, I want to know more. That's kind of the hook storyline for me coming out of this one. I mean, for some people, it's Fat Mountain versus Death Mountain. <laughs> for, <laughs> for me, it's like, okay, what's going to happen with barrel roll? So the fact that they got me interested in a brand new character right off the bat that speaks well to Brandon's writing. Yeah, it does. So that's my high for round one. Let's get into round two. Back to Joe. You got another high or a low or a what the? Definitely a low. It, it kind of morphs into a what the. It's like the very last end of the, the comic book. So uh, you're doing half seas now with the, the highs and the lows? That's what he half wants. A low, half a what the? <laughs> yeah, it's a combo. <laughs> it's a combo plate. <laughs> the way that they ended the comic on a bang, shall I say. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a nice cliffhanger. Definitely, yeah, like, ooh, Hawk and Lady J caught unawares in an explosion. Cobra Commander was, like, ruthless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruthless. Yeah, he's, like, got more and more crazier ever since he kicked Serpentor off that high area there. He's, like, click, kick somebody off a cliff, man. Yeah, you, you, you ain't coming back from that. You, you're loopy. <laughs> you're loco. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, now you want to translate Spanish for <laughs> All right, well, while you've got the mic there, Pat, what do you got for round two, high, low, or what the? I have a few things. Uh, One. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) One is just the action in here, too. 
with the whole water action reminds me of an older issue when they were first discovering Cobra Island and they had that big water battle that mm-hmm. was happening mm-hmm. back in the Marvel days. I love that. A, a great callback to there made me think about that and enjoyed it. And as you said, with that, the characters that were brought into it got you invested into them. I'm also invested in the storyline with Destro, how he just, oh, I'm out of here now. And hoping to see more of where that goes with him. So he gets more of his iron grenaders together. And now you start getting like this force. You know, you got the Joes. You have Cobra trying to make their way back. You have the Coil that are still out there causing some troubles. And now you got Destro. You don't know what he's going to do and whose side he may or may not be on. You know, he's going to be out for himself, of course. So I think that will be interesting to see. And then. I liked the character moments with Hawk and Duke and then them talking to Snake Eyes and Scarlet on the last mission where they came back from and what all happened with the Red Ninjas and Scarlet just laying it out there. Well, we got the Ejecta done and we got the second one done too. So, you know, back off. Mm-hmm. She was firm but respectful. Yeah. So a lot of story development, I think, in here makes me want to read the next issue that's going in. Well, Pat, since you took all the remaining plot points and the artwork, oh, sorry. I've got nothing left for my final round. <laughs> um, I like G.I. Joe. All right. <laughs> and with that, I will hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same 1 to 10 flight point scale we used earlier. So, Joe, what are you going to rate this story? A one to ten with your halfsies. I'm not going to use halfsies today. Oh. I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give a very solid eight because I'm not aware of the new Joes. They do go on a mission. One of them does infiltrate the the Cobra domain. I'm interested to see what happens with that. Kind of interested in see what happens with Destro. Why did he leave? That type of thing. The cliffhanger at the very end is. Does that really mean what it think? What I think it means. But I think because of the new Joes, I was a little bit unfamiliar with them. So I had to kind of slow down and actually pay attention to what was happening in the comics. Because it's like, I don't remember these people. And there's a reason for that. One of the things that did intrigue me, though, I forgot that Beachhead had a dialect. I'd forgotten that piece about him. Um, I think he was, what, from Louisiana or something? Oh, you're talking okay. Copperhead. Copperhead. Oh, Copperhead, not Beachhead. Sorry, Copperhead. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I, when I was reading this, too, I was like, I think he is from Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I forgot about that. Because you don't see um, him on the moccasin or whatever that was, a cobra moccasin. You don't, he's right. on the hydrofoil. Yeah. So that kind of, you're right, that kind of threw me off for a little bit. I'm like, was he really on the hydro? Okay, but. Yeah. I give it a solid eight. That's fair. Jared, what are your thoughts on the story? I, I'm strangely, looks like I'm going to be in lockstep with Joe this whole time. I think this is a real solid eight issue too. In fact, you know, since he's here, I might even throw out 8.5, but same reasons that Joe November gave. It's a good story. It's compelling. It's got a great cliffhanger. It does give you those new Joes and it kind of, okay, mm-hmm. I have to get used to this new thing. Part of you is going, well, why can't we just do this mission with the Joes that I know already? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> for introducing new characters, as I said earlier in the comments, heck of a job. So I'm actually going to push Joe's eight to an 8.5 for since Ooh. I can do that with Joe November. Do it. What about you? 
you know what? I'm going to j- join you at an 8.5 because there's not a lot of time that we get to do it. So <laughs> you got to use the point. I got to use it. I got to <laughs> use it. So I'm going to go 8.5, just like you said. I think what we're seeing now with Brandon's writing going on there, it's building up and building up and building up. So we're getting into some good stuff coming. I can feel it. And with the story building that he's doing in the character work, it's definitely going to be something to read and, and look forward to reading. So I'm at an 8.5. Nice. With that out of the way, it is now time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry or sneaky sneakitude in action. This is where we each get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or sneaky sneakiness. So, Joe, do you have a silver star or a silver snake medal to give away? I think I have a silver star. At first, I was going to give it to Scarlet because of the way that she debriefed, you know, what actually happened and how they actually met the objectives because... Mm -hmm. You know, the general was very upset with them about what they did. And she was like, look, you know, we took care of business and we ended up meeting our objectives. We just didn't do it the way you expected. But as I really began to think about it, the real hero, the real person who deserves it is Snake Eyes. The fact that he was able to battle a clan leader and then they're like, you're our guy now. That's dope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely recommend reading the previous issue. That was really cool. Yeah, so I'm going to give it to Snake Eyes. Very cool. Jared, Silver Star or Silver Snake? I don't know which one this is. I guess it's a snake, but I'm giving it to Destro for his baller. Oh, you, got, you took your mind too. I took yours, his baller power play move. He's yeah. just like, I am done, and I'm leaving. And then it got even more baller when he looked at Baron and was like, notice you didn't come with me. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> oh no. See ya. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> he just like, if there was audio tracks in comic, which has been some discussion between me and Joe that there possibly may be one day. Um, if there was audio <laughs> tracks in comic, when he walked out, it would have played that John Cena as he strutted out of there. I was like, dang. So power play, baller move. I'm giving a silver, I guess it's a snake. He didn't really do anything evil, but I guess a silver snake for Destro. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That was one that I was going to give away. I mean, you could say barrel roll and for sneaking it in, but, you know, I, I'm not today. I'll give a silver snake to Cobra Commander just for that mm-hmm. splash page in the baller way. He came in walking in mm-hmm. and just, you know, caught everybody off guard and, and all that just because you took my death roll. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. you took everything from the comic in round two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I was... You, know? hey, you gave me the, you gave me the peppy I was looking for, so yeah. I'm not complaining. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> all right. Well, now that it is all done and done, we had the cover, we had the story, we talked about the silver snake and the silver star. Let's all hand it back over to Jarrett for his segment called Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. In this segment, I'll take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, I've selected Barrel Roll. He's on the cover. Why not? His real name is Dwight E. Stahl, and he's from Cincinnati, Ohio. 
He is an E4, and he is, as mentioned, a high-altitude sniper, and I still don't know what that is yet. <laughs> Got no clue. His figure description is as follows. He wears a dark blue jumpsuit with light blue highlights on it. He wears matching gloves and black boots. His accessories include a rifle, helmet, breastplate, and gauntlets. And he came with the air assault vehicle. His figure was released in U.S. stores as part of the Spy Troops line set in 2003, just like this comic. And he was a deluxe figure. That's why he came with a very small vehicle, which was the air assault pack. And it had action sounds. You could press those buttons. Currently, there are four versions of Barrel Roll. And strangely enough, all the other three versions, he comes in a reddish-brownish paint scheme. The first version is the only version where he's in the blue paint scheme as we see him on the cover of this comic he was a completely new sculpt for the figure although later on they would use his torso legs and waist to create the character cannonball in 2005 all right this is a more second wave gi joe figure coming out in 2003 some people call it second wave some people call it third wave because there was a small resurgence in 97 98 ish anyway it came out in 03 so it's a little later so i'm not expecting either of you to have got this figure joe did you ever own barrel roll no no i never did but you mentioned that he was an e4 i thought it said that he was lieutenant he's an e4 on his file card good question did either you're right that is a mismatch because in the book he is a lieutenant on his file card with his figure it says e4 so that's interesting oh okay yeah hmm it's interesting because I don't know what a high altitude sniper was, but I would think if he was a pilot of a flying vehicle, he would probably be an officer. Right. And yeah. it would make more sense. It would make sense. But yeah, his file card says E4. Interesting catch, Joe. Very oh, interesting. Pat. I thought I misread that. My bad. <laughs> no, no, you read it right. It's just uh, in the comic, he's a lieutenant. On his file card, he's an E4. He's an E4. Interesting. Okay. Interesting discrepancies. This comic is horse. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your stuff together. Oh man, uh, Pat, were you? Did you collect any of the wave from the two thousands when Joe was making its comeback? No, I don't think I did. Uh, with the spy troops, I do remember seeing that. Now, is that where it's like white kind of background? You know, the red, white, and blue stripe, and it says "spy troops" on it, or yeah. kind of a logo. I... Yeah, they kind of went through. It's hard for me to remember because. They kind of had a resurgence right around the time the comics came back yeah. again, like oh one ish. There was a, a real sort of red white blue packaging in the original run, and then they had spy troops, and then Venom versus Valor. Okay. Oh, the heels okay. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of different packaging in there, and I I got to be honest with you, the, the big kid Jared was there for all. The, I own this figure. Mm. I bought the crap out of these things when they got re released. I still own this figure, but you didn't pick those up, Pat. No, no, I was. Probably buying baby formula and diapers and things like that with some money at the time. <laughs> That's the saddest story we've yeah. ever had on oh, G.I. Joe yeah. Chronicles. The devil's <laughs> do <here>. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could, but... Uh. You can stop by my house and check them out. Pat. Yeah, I would love to come, stop by and play with your toys. We'll play G.I. Joe's. All right, Pat. I think that wraps up for Death Probe's toy chest, so it's back to Pat. All right. Well, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. As always, we'll start off combat comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special Longbox video episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. 
So these are the folks reaping the benefits and enjoying some much appreciated support to the show. Angelica Wolf. Auburn Elvis. Bill Bear. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Good guy. Dave Collins. Codename Battlewagon. Battlewagon. Gary Viola. Gerald Green. Jason Keane. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Tomas? Is that how I don't know. <laughs> Zayman, it's Joe Zayman. He's the other half. Oh, it's the other half. Of Joe Thomas. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's our boy Joe November, and he's, I'm happy he's on the show. Yeah. John Watson. Jose Puyo. Josh Strickland. MVP, Kathy Bright. Maxwell Traveler. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Codename Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. And Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, don't worry about it. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at lawboxcrusade.com and we will get it all straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Because I see that Joe is part of the Crusaders Club and he loves it. Mm-hmm. I want to be like Joe. Mm-hmm. How do I, I do that? Havsies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how can I do that? Well, it's simple. Just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get all the access. I mean, all the access mm-hmm. to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. This is giving me an idea, Pat. I think a new perk for Crusaders Club members. If you're a Crusaders Club member, you can give out halfsies. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> the Joe November level. Yeah, Joe November level. Oh, snap. I get my own level. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it like $100 a month. Yeah. <laughs> we for $100 Joe to be a month. That, yeah. You can get yeah, Super exclusive. <laughs> for $100 a month, you can be like Joe and get halfsies. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. <laughs> now let's see what messages we have from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breakers Comsat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. These are from episode 26, where we featured issue number 26. Delvin Williams, code name Dark Web, was our guest. Mm, I'll snag one here, Pat. It's from our friend Gene Hendricks, aka the Hammer Strikes. And he posted a pretty funny picture. It says, when people start talking about never even seeing the Defiant launch complex, but you had one as a kid mm. and has that little meme of that, like that little stuffed monkey kind of looking side to side, <laughs> looking shady. And yeah, that was the tweet that made pretty much the internet hate Gene Hendricks. So yes. Gene, Gene, he is the mean machine. He is. I mean, that. we oh, still, Gene, make, we still want him as a listener and a yeah. friend, yeah. but he can also uh, piss off. <laughs> or he can bring us over to enjoy the Defiant with him. Yeah, if he still had it and let us play with it, we could probably work somewhere. Yeah, definitely. You know, you can send it and ship it to us. We can just rotate it around the crew. Ooh. I'm sure Jason would love to play with it. Yeah, I tell you what, Gene, if you send it to me and let me have it, 
I'll give you the Joe November level in the Crusaders Ooh. Club. You can start Ooh. using halfsies. <laughs> <laughs> giving it out to anyone, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they gonna have a G.I. Joe Defiant or possibly a USS Flag. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take one from G.I. Gary, and he says he loves this. Yes, he did. And oh, by the way, Pat, we have a voicemail oh, we for do. this episode. Did not identify themselves. We asked people to send in a Yo Joe, and let's see what we got. By the power of Grayskull, Yo Joe, and that's when to grow on. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Someone's <laughs> uh, very enthusiastic about the show and apparently other shows. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like somebody that wants to be a Crusaders Club member. And get at that Joe November level, yeah, the right. half level. Man. Oh, if you want to join the shenanigans and send us a voicemail, just like whoever that was, <laughs> you can give us a call at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. And that is going to bring us to mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and so much more, check out the entire Long Box Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers out there. Otherwise, we're at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Lombox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at... Back to you, Pat! I can be found... Well, of course, Jared, I'm glad you asked. And I can be also be found at Christatos01 on the Twitter. Joe, where can you be found? I can be found... Uh, you look up Joe November on Instagram, Spotify, Bandcamp, Facebook, TikTok, SoundCloud, and Twitter. That's a lot of Joe November. That's a lot. (laughs) And I know that Joe and I have been very, very, very good friends for a couple of decades now. So, you know, factor that in. But check out his SoundCloud page, folks. Joe puts together some wonderful beats. The thing I like best about his beats, and sometimes he's got lyrics over over it by uh, Mega Ran or Pigeon John or something like that. It's very cool. But I like a lot of the beats that don't even have lyrics. You know, when I do my art and stuff like that, it's just great to have on. It's real cool, mellow background Mm -hmm. stuff. If you're into that, you want something relaxing in the background, head on over to SoundCloud and check out Joe November. For sure. You're not going to hear any stressful music from me. No, Joe's <laughs> very, yeah, very smooth, I would say, mm-hmm. is a good word to describe Joe's music. And sure. speaking of my art, I'm at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, it's all Yard Sale Artist. We can check out my wares, of which there are several G.I. Joe drawings to select from. Not that I'm trying to sway our listeners or anything. Do it now. <laughs> www.theyardsaleartist.com Thank you for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles The Devil's Due Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover issue number 29 called Players and Pawns Part 2 of 5. Until then, Platoon Fall Out. Yo, Yo Joe! The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it. Mm-hmm.